Welcome to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, brought to you by Asphalus Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Crisis management in today's world is ever-changing, and this podcast is our commitment to help you navigate successful outcomes for any crisis you may face. I'm your host, Vanessa Matthews. I specialize in providing insights and solutions for crisis, continuity, and resilience across industries from real estate and healthcare to terrorism in the airline and transportation worlds. No matter what industry you're in, this podcast will provide you the tools to build resilience in your organization. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Resilience Decoded podcast. I'm super excited. Today we have Garrett McAllister. He is the Assistant Vice President and Chief Information Officer of SUNY Westchester Community College. And today we're going to be talking about moving your company's IT forward as a Chief Information Officer. Garrett, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) No complaints. (laughs) There you go. Um, So we met through the Resilience Reset and uh, you reached out and we were able to connect. We've had a couple of conversations and I was very intrigued by your um, professional experience and also what you're doing in higher education. And so you agreed to join us. So we'll kick it off. Um, Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your path to becoming a CIO? Um, it all started a uh, small family in New York City, but I'll pass that, skip past that. Um, I went to uh, SUNY Buffalo, uh, got my bachelor's in computer information systems then moved on. I actually got my master's uh, from the University of Phoenix in management information systems. I also have a graduate uh, certificate, master's graduate certificate in Homeland Security Studies. Um, I've worked at various uh, Fortune 500 or Fortune 100 companies, um, such as Thomson Reuters, Quest Diagnostics. I was there for the spinoff of that. So that was huge, um, pivotal in my career. There for the merger of Thomson Reuters, uh, the two companies, 50,000 employees at one time. So there was a lot going on, uh, really exciting times. And here I am in education. Boom. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you touched on most, most, uh, most levels of government and then different industries across the fortune 500 spectrum so i love it because it's well-rounded yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's dive in one of the things that caught my attention when i spoke with you was just you know there's a challenge as a cio because there's a lot of that what you need to move an, an organization forward for the future but then there's a challenge of if you don't have the resources that you might need which is you know it it could be staffing it could be financials right And so can you talk a little bit about the challenges that CIOs are currently facing in in organizations? Like, what do those things look like? Boy, not enough people coming into the field, um, educating users continuously, the changing landscape and applications, um, you know, the push to the cloud. Is it good? Is it bad? Do we save money? Do we really save money, right, is the question. Um, Securing our data big time, um, understanding uh, you know, just trends, right? Where where the use, where do the users really want to be, and how do they function and operate? Um, there's a lot of psychology that goes into deploying applications, whether we believe it or not. Um, and then there are all the technical nuances behind that to make all that magic happen. So, funding. Uh, you you mentioned it. You know, it's you get before board, you go before. Um, 
you know, shareholders and you're saying, hey, we need X to, to drive, you know, our ROI to um, Y or Z and they're going, sure, uh, prove it to me first, right, with zero dollars. So it's, it's you know, it's like ice skating uphill. <laughs> wow. Like those are like 10, 12 different things that we can really pull on and go deeper with. And so as we think about the digital landscape and how it's evolving over the next few years, how do you think those things are going to change, to your point, some of the security needs that you also have as a CIO? Because I would imagine that the CISO, the Chief Information yeah. uh, Security Officer, would be a partner to you yep. in your role. Absolutely. Um, so with 63% of the internet, people being on the internet on planet Earth, right? And we will exclude bars. We haven't, um, we haven't gotten there yet fully. Um, it's just going to explode, right? So you're looking at an increased... Um, usage, right, from just people in varying degrees of education and ability to use it properly or or in a bad way. Um, we're looking at AI. We're looking at um, more self-service applications. We're looking at more Internet of Things, right? So that uh, I just recently turned on the Google uh, Google Home, and um, man, the things that I can do. <laughs> you know, I feel like the, I'm really the magician. When I'm, you were a kid and you said abracadabra, you know lights off, right? Um, we're looking at VR, AR, you know, virtual reality, augmented reality. Um, the landscape's going to change tremendously probably in the next five years because of the bandwidth that's going to be available to people just walking around in their pockets. We already have it, but it's just, you know, when 6G does come out and everyone talks about, oh, 5G is doing X, Y, and Z to the environment. No, it, it, it's it's going to really push the envelope in the world of data. So talk to me a little bit more about that word explode, because what I'm hearing you say is I got a lot of challenges. There's not enough people coming in into the field. Resources are scarce. There's, you know, concerns around security, moving into the cloud, et cetera, et cetera. But then also businesses want to move forward. And all of the things from an IT perspective. So does explode yeah. mean like it's gonna pop? Like what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair point. Um, no, it's not gonna explode literally. But what's gonna happen is there's gonna be a need to push product or services, right? And then there's gonna be that desire on the other side for people to want to get in and get at those services or products, right? So you have the two worlds colliding, and I see more of well we're trying to make do with the staffing levels that we have and the talent levels that we have, but you can't work a person 24 hours a day, 12 hours a day, um, you know, two weeks vacation. Um, you can't just have them on call. You know, they work their eight to 10 hour day and then they're on call for the next 12 hours and they never really sleep. So you, you get professional burnout at some point and we just don't have enough resources to really man these hours. And also it becomes a talent, a talent thing. You know, the more technology that comes out, refreshing yourself in in the new stuff and the existing stuff, and, and and remaining, you know, on par with what's coming out, what is out. That makes total sense. So, at the end of the day, though, right? Like as a CIO, I would imagine that one of your strategic charges might be we still need you to modernize and move this organization forward. And so if you think about all of the challenges that you face in your role and your peers around the world, coupled with a lot of the things that, that you mentioned in terms of how IT is growing, I would imagine that's on somebody's strategic goals list. 
In your perspective, how can companies modernize the IT and their organizations with all of those different factors currently going on? I'll hit you with a few things. Uh, Embrace the digital transformation transformation age. Embrace it. It's not going anywhere. Uh, Paper is. Uh, Embrace AI-type technologies. Now, everyone, it's still in its infancy, but um, OpenAI, I believe, just, you know, released some new it's new stuff and you know now you now your kids can write their their term paper so you know get that homework done no problem mom dad done right um automate 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 right accessibility 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 um and usage and data analytics right to determine trends um will help people and help organizations actually modernize the way that they do things so embrace it's not just IT who has to embrace. It sounds like there's other people in the business that have to embrace. Oh yeah, huge. I'm glad you pointed that out where we're just having a discussion this morning. You know, the it's not just solely IT. IT has to be the champion, mm. right? And to kind of lead the charge and carry that torch. But it, there's a business component that has to say, yeah, we've bought in and this is where we're going and support that drive. You know, um, for a long time, I've seen where a lot of businesses do not believe that IT is a business partner that drives business, but more of a, a service department, right? That's changed, you know, with the, as soon as they turned on the internet and someone put up the first website to sell anything, that's when it changed. And, and here we are, we're, we're, we're deep in it. Yep. So that right there is what I want to talk about. You are a CIO around the world and you lack the funding, the supplies, and the talent to move your systems forward. What is your recommendation for how your peers should be navigating that and the conversations that they're having? Because to your point, they're a champion, but they've got to be able to get everybody else to get behind. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you got to build compelling arguments, you know, use case studies, show how the lack of funding will affect an organization, show how funding will, right? There are plenty of examples that may not be exactly that fit that are your example, but will help you fight that fight. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people say, hey, you know, what was the old uh, adage, American adage? You know, if there's a problem, throw money at it. Well, we don't live in that space anymore. You know, we, we live in a space where we have to really hunker down and make use of what we have and the tools that we have and the talent that we have. Um, you brought up another point, I believe, is about talent. I would suggest engaging. Uh, here's my plug. Your colleges and universities offer internships, right? Cultivate that talent pool. You know, we can't just rely on the higher ed uh, institutions to do that. There has to be a partnership in regards to how we cultivate new IT talent, just talent, period. And, you know, promise them a job afterwards or the possibility of a job. So you're right on the money. Talent. <laughs> Let's go there. Where do you see the skills gap in these roles from an IT perspective? And how are IT roles changing as our digital needs get bigger and bigger every year? Um, you know, this one's a tough one because that's very unique to the individuals um, that you encounter. Analytical skills, uh, ability to solve problems on their feet. A lot of people want to go to the board, right? Um, you know, I've, I'm also a high school football coach, so it's a lot of thinking on your feet. I plan, I can plan all week, but it's a lot of thinking on your feet and you got to say it's third and one. What do we do? Right. What are we doing? Well, what can't we do? Well, what should we do in this moment in order to be successful? 
Um, so there, there are definitely gaps, uh, soft skill gaps um, like that, but there are a lot of technical skill gaps, such as really understanding what security means, right? You know, everybody's got a perspective on it and, and, a, and a viewpoint. Yeah, there, there's those skill gaps with security. I would think about just the future of technology. <laughs> Where is it going? And really getting people to buy into this big future of where your business should be heading and kind of being that part of the engine that helps us get there. So so I love that you're talking about the future because it's really feeding my next point. And so I think about two things when I think about the future, either something's urgent or it's important. If it's urgent, they will move money to pay for it. If it's important, we will have conversations and we'll have meetings just to have meetings because no one's going to move money to solve the problem. And so as you think about your peers around the world, what is your perspective of what CIO's urgent priorities should be over the next year? Hmm. Um, I think it's really doubling down on a lot of what's already or tripling down on what's uh, already existing. So like in the security space, I would say uh, establishing a zero trust architecture where, you know, you, you're coming into an organization and, you know, we were providing this access. I, I spoke about it a lot and I said it, um, but just really securing who is attaching to your network, attaching to your services, um, making sure that the right people are doing the right things within uh, these uh, eco ecosystems, right? Improve mandatory training for user communities. I don't think we can do enough education because it's continuous, right? Never stops um, as things evolve. One of the other things within security, I would say, is establishing and enforcing, uh, enforcing endpoint and system hardening best practices before deployment. Everyone's got a viewpoint on security, but the one thing I think as an industry, we do fail, not fail, but we don't do a great job from a customer standpoint is deploying things in a safe manner. You know, um, this is not a knock at Microsoft, but the simple fact that we have a patch Tuesday concerns me in my position. And mm -hmm. I've said this through um, other other colleagues um, and it, that's a problem. You know, real-time malware, antivirus, I think that's going to be, you know, another double down, you know, let's go hard or go home on this, right? Really uh, uh, indemnifying our systems against attack and remediation, um, incident response, disaster recovery, business continuity. Um, we have an incident. <laughs> okay. Is it a disaster? Is it this? What level is it? Right. We can go all over the place with it. Um, all right. How did it affect the business? Right. Is it a business continuity problem? Is it really a disaster? Right. The two different things. Right. Um, establishing partnerships with local and state and federal partners, um, I think, is important. Now, one entity can't do it all. Yep. So I've learned that. And uh, really, and, and even with our vendors, um, we have to establish great partnerships to, to make things better, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, I love that. I mean, somebody somewhere has at least three to four of those on their list already. And what I love about what I heard from you is instead of going wide and continuing to expand, 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 what I'm hearing you say is go deep, go deep in the things that you should already be doing, button up, dot the I's, cross the T's, don't start something new. We need a my pastor says this, you got to focus on here before you can go there. And there is exciting, but you can't get there without being here. 
And Amen. It, right. And so if here <laughs> means we got to do more training. If here means we got to make sure that we can run this exercise well, if here means a better partnership with BCP and the CISO and et cetera, then let's focus on here before we start trying to get to there. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the, the best football teams, um, probably, you know, New England Patriots will talk about it. Um, I'm a Jets fan, but that's okay. Um, the reason that these teams are successful is because the coaching staff may not be in love with each other. They may not like each other, but they have a shared focus and goal to achieve. And they're going to work no matter what to achieve it. That's why winning the Super Bowl or winning the NBA championship, World Series, World Cup, whatever cup is so impressive because there's so many personalities. There's so many personal agendas people have or competing competing priorities, you know, once you're in a in it together in this cup of soup and then there is you know meeting expectations and then wow you know you've got the shiny thing at the top of the hill we're all going after many other groups are going after so um yeah it's going deep that counts right to get you forward where can our subscribers find you if they want to reach out or maybe look more into um, all things garrett <laughs> all things garrett i'm on linkedin and um You'll find me there and you can reach out to me and send me a message if you find me interesting uh, or funny <laughs> and uh, we can talk. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for coming to the podcast today. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast brought to you by Asphalus Advisors and Disaster Recovery Journal. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode to see all the upcoming events, programs, and ways we can support you. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.